Kia ora koutou. So good to, so good to be here. Uh, yeah, socially distanced church is nice. I actually like having all this, you know, gap, gaps, you know, you can sort of easily weave in and out, you know, yeah, there's, there's, there's real good things with socially distancing. Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Uh, so also I'm an introvert, so, you know, I generally will, will be happier socially distanced, but yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, so I think I want to start off tonight by going back to um, a reflection Scotty shared at one Eucharist a few Wednesday evenings ago. Um, yeah, that is it. We, we tend to like the gospel stories and the Psalms because it offers comfort to the victim in the times of uncertainty or difficulty. That's because we like to paint ourselves as the victim in the gospel stories. The person that is oppressed. We like God as our counsellor or friend and forget that the gospel challenges us into a new life. The thing is that in most of these stories, we're actually not the victim or the oppressed person. We don't have enemies like the psalmists had, most of us. We, uh, you know, we don't have people chasing after our lives. We don't have to go run, literally running for the hills. If we go running for the hills, it's our choice. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, you know, well, you know, so this, this, is, this is challenging, you know, we, we get annoyed with God because, you know, things don't work out or the answer's not as we thought and then we, you know, and we forget that the path to God is narrow, not wide. However, taking this approach does not allow us to look at the challenges in the gospel stories, since the challenge of persevering and learning are integral to a journey of healing God has invited us all into. Thinking back from my own journey of refining my faith when coming back into a church after having been on a journey about <clears throat> learning about my sexuality and my gender identity, there are times when I was angry with God around reconciling these two parts of me. I am now an openly trans woman who volunteers at the free store, involved in my church community. I live in a large, crazy flat <laughs> with Rose, um, which you've all heard some media stories about. Yeah, it's been a blessing and a journey for us all as, you know, I've navigated things, but also as other people have navigated things in their lives, you know, and we're on that journey together. That's what it means for us, you know, as a flat, you know. And so, you know, tonight's gospel reading, we're going to be looking at Jesus and the Canaanite woman, which quite frankly is a challenging gospel reading. And we don't like Jesus in this story because he seems rudely, and to put it politely, a tosser. <laughs> and so I'll get Bella to read the gospel reading for us um, from Matthew, which is 15 verses 10 to 28. He then called the crowd together and said, listen and take this to heart. It's not what you swallow that pollutes your life, but what you vomit up. Later, his disciples came and told him, did you know how upset the Pharisees were when they heard what you said. Jesus shrugged it off. Every tree that wasn't planted by my Father in heaven will be pulled up by its roots. Forget them. They are blind men, leading blind men. When blind men lead blind men, they both end up in a ditch. Peter said, I don't get it. Put it in plain language. Jesus replied, You too? Are you being willfully stupid? <laughs> Don't you know anything that is solid works its way up through the intestines? 
and it's finally defeated, defecated, <laughs> defecated. But what comes out of the mouth gets its start in the heart. It's from the heart that we vomit up all evil arguments, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, lies, and cussing. That's what pollutes. Eating or not eating certain food. Washing or not washing your hands. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. <laughs> From there, Jesus took a trip to Tyre and Sidon. They hardly arrived and the Canaanite woman came down from the hills and pleaded, Mercy, mercy, Master, Son of David, my daughter is cruelly afflicted by an evil spirit. Jesus ignored her. The disciples, the disciples came and complained. Now she's bothering us. Could you please take care of her? She's driving us crazy. Jesus refused, telling him, I've got my hands full dealing with the lost sheep of Israel. Then the woman came back to Jesus, went to her knees and begged, Master, help me, he said. It's not right to take bread out of children's mouths and throw them to the dogs. She was quick. You're right, Master. But bigger dogs do get scraps from the master's table. Jesus gave them. Oh, woman, your faith is something else. What you want is what you get. Right then, her daughter became well. Kia Thanks, Bella, for, for reading that for us tonight. Um, yes, that passage is challenging. Um, also because Jesus initially ignores her, then trades insults with her, and yeah, calling people a dog is an insult, is an insult, even back in the first century. Um, so don't, don't, don't think in the first century that was somehow a compliment. Um, it really wasn't. Don't, don't forget in this time for a Canaanite, a Gentile woman, is approaching a Jewish rabbi, Jesus, for healing. This is crossing social boundaries all the time on so many levels. Like, too many to go into. Unless I want to write a thesis, which I'm not. I've already done that. <laughs> oh. Jesus and his reactions in this story seems cold and pretty ruthless. Calling someone... A dog? Well, yeah, that's an insult. Um, but, you know, there's more to this encounter than an insult. You know, they, we, we're seeing here that it's actually a story of healing in the end. It's a story of moving from discomfort into the comfort that comes from the healing and knowing God. So I think that is the thing we need to to focus on. But, I mean, we're going to break this down into three points, you know, because it's a three-point sin, you know. But, you know, to do that, we're going to break this down into our reactions to the three main character groups. First of all, we have the disciples. And they seem to really not like to, to anything that's discomforting. We have Jesus. And, um, yeah, we're angry with him. Because he's, he's rude in this passage, at least initially. Then we have um, the Canaanite woman whose persistence in faith brings her to he brings her daughter to healing. So that and that's quite something. Think about that for a moment. She is going so far out to get healing for her daughter. She is really crossing the lines to do that. You know, just 
that is quite quite something we should take a moment to think around. So let's let's get on to point one. So the disciples in this passage do not want to have an encounter and avoid and they want to avoid the woman because she is a Canaanite and therefore a Gentile. To them and the culture at this time, that is someone to avoid. While we might be less explicit in our exclusions, if you look at friends and the people we spend time with, they tend to be pretty similar to ourselves. If you're young and have attended high education, you tend to spend most of your time with people who are young and have higher education. Um, you know, if you, it's even down to how we spend our money. A lot of the times, how we spend our money is due to just the tastes of our peer group. You know, if someone in your peer group's got Doc Martens, you'll go and spend money on Doc Martens. The thing is, you know, that the disciples in this ask Jesus to chase away the woman because she is following them. They want to avoid the Canaanite woman because to be seen interacting with a Gentile woman is something that's too uncomfortable for them and also quite taboo for the time. They want Jesus to heal the woman's daughter just so they don't have to interact with her. We do the same today, at least overtly and not divided by Jew or Gentile. We stick to social circles of people like us. We tend to meet people through the social circles we are in and not chat to someone while having a cup of tea that is not like us. Okay, now we have to be distanced apart, but that's all good. It makes it nicer, if you ask me. Um, we, we even find it awkward to ask the supermarket checkout person how the day has been. So, okay, in the gospel narratives, we like to read them from the perspective of us being the person getting the healing. Yet a lot of us in this room are probably more like the disciples at most point in our lives. Most of us in this room would be considered Gentiles. If we're going back to, you know, first century divisions of Jew versus Gentile. Um, you know, we do not want to step out of the place into the place where it is, where we have to be uncomfortable. We don't want to acknowledge that we are well off in these situations. It is in stepping out of our comfort zone that we learn more about people who are not like us and we get to know them. Um, you know, so I was pondering this while taking a socially distanced walk down Cuba Street today. I took a moment to consider who are the people we put extra distance between as we walk or even cross the street to avoid? Is it the person drinking at the cheap bars? Is it the person asking for a dollar near a car park? Is it the person rolling up their cigarette as they walk down the street? You know, these are, you know, these, these are the people that we would, most of us, you know, we might not normally interact with on a day-to-day -day basis. But, you know, we, we also consider continuous into our workplaces, in places of study, or other places in our community. We avoid the people and don't want to interact with the people that make us feel uncomfortable. We have that colleague that we don't want to interact with. So, you know, with me, I spend time at the free store. I volunteer there, and, you know, I've met people there that I would have previously avoided on the road. You know, maybe it's the person who ferries things, you know, back and forth. They've been thrown out in town um, on, his, on his bicycle, um, you know, for a big bushy beard. You know, that's probably someone I wouldn't interact with. But, you know, they, they have interacted and got into 
gotten to know that that person. Um, yeah, you know, it's an entering into this discomfort. I've been able to see what community and belonging means to people who otherwise would not have had a place to belong. People who otherwise would not have had this. And so, you know, we know each other by name. We don't keep in contact. But, you know, if we pass each other on the street, we'll say hi. Thinking back to this passage, the disciples would not have learned from this experience if they had not been forced by Jesus and the woman to step out of their comfort zones. They would not have seen that the gospel is for everyone and not a select few. We say in the Eucharist that the gospel is good news for the lonely, the least, and the poor. You know, that, this story really actually wraps up and speaks to that. When you, when you just dig that little layer beneath the surface of it. Um, you know, so the thing is with, to close off point one, is that we need to be willing to step out of that comfort zone because God asks us to step out of that in order to journey deeper into faith. So point one is that we've got to step out of our comfort zones to actually have that journey into faith. So this brings us on to Jesus. And, well, we're angry with him right at this point, you know? So, you know, we, uh, you know, you know, he's rude, he's heartless, you know, put it frank. I mean, you know, just where we are in the story. You know, he initially dismisses healing to, to the woman because she's a Gentile. By saying he only looks after the lost sheep of Israel. Um, this is not the Jesus we know, especially given most of us would be considered Gentiles. Then Jesus insults the Canaanite woman after she begs him to heal her daughter by calling her a dog. <laughs> There's no words to put to it. While we don't have a cultural division of first century Jewish society, this still makes Jesus' response, well, yeah, rude. This is not the guy who heals the lost, the lowly, and the outcast, the blind and lepers. However, Jesus and the woman enter into a dynamic relationship at this point, because it's not just a passing rude encounter. The woman responds to the insult by saying that dogs at least deserve to eat the crumbs from the table. However, in looking at this encounter, we find something that is interesting in our undertone in the relationship with God. We get angry with Jesus when things don't go the way we wanted. You know, if we don't get the healing that we wanted right then and there, we actually get a bit annoyed with Jesus. I mean, you know, I know this from, from my own life. You know, I'm first, you know, I've got to admit it with my own life. I mean, with my transition, you know, I was scared. And how do I weigh up being transgender and also having my Christian faith? I felt so diametrically opposed. I had... Yeah, I mean, and while I'm not proud of it, I think back to back to I actually got someone, friend, to pray for me and to try and, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say pray it away, but, you know, it was trying to actually, yeah, in this moment where, yeah, praying about stuff, because I didn't want to go down on that journey. I thought I could somehow surrender it, and it would be all good, and then I could, you know, carry on with things and not have to go down this journey. But actually, you know what, the, the word that my friend got was um, that I'm perfect just the way I am. And, yeah, at that time, I was angry, because I wanted the healing. I wanted to be 
you know, I didn't want to have to go, go down this journey. It's, but, you know, I mean, I'll go into this to continue on with the story later on. But, I mean, you know, it's these moments in our relationship with God, really being angry with God. It's a, these moments that we're not happy. And so Sarah Bessie actually has a really nice way of looking at this passage. She says, Jesus was taught by this woman. Perhaps we're witnesses to his growth. Perhaps he was deeply struggling with his Jewish identity and the attitudes that Gentiles were in fact dogs, that they weren't in on it. Perhaps he was conditioned to ignore or disdain people like her. Perhaps it was because she was a woman, or maybe her cultural identity or her race. After all, Jesus was as fully human as he was God. So perhaps he had the capacity to be challenged on his cultural prejudices and then to grow and to realise his mistake. In Mark's telling of a story, this is Jesus' first conversation with a Gentile, and it wouldn't be his last. But never again would he treat a Gentile the way he initially treated this woman. So point two is that our faith of God means that God will offend us. But what matters is this is an opportunity for us to learn in how we encounter with him. And just as Jesus and the Canaanite woman, they learned and they grew from this. So, you know, now, now we're no longer angry with, with Jesus. Now, now, now we're good, you know? Now, now we're tight again, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, so this, this brings us on to the woman in the passage and persistence in faith. Um, so the woman in this passage shows us what it means to persist in faith, even when we feel God has offended us. This, of course, also is the point to wrap up our three-point sermon. So we're doing a three-point sermon and not a thesis. Um, then with Jesus, she uh, after after we have our nice little you know chat around dogs, we we, we find Jesus actually commends the woman for her faith and her persistence. But the thing is with this is that for most of us, healing doesn't happen straight away. It's not this little, you know, we pull it out of the phone and then, oh, magically Jesus comes out and he, you know, heals things, you know. It's, the, the road is hard. You know, and this is hard for us, especially as a generation, when we, we want things right away. You know, we're used to pulling out our phones and Googling something to get the answer. You know, I mean, we just want to, we don't even want to go into the second page of Google search results. <laughs> I mean, you know... Yet we see elsewhere with, with faith that Jesus requires persistence, and that means carrying on, even when you feel uncomfortable. Even when those moments of hearing Jesus is uncomfortable, it means you've got to still persist in that. This is the thing, like, in Jesus earlier in the Gospel, in Matthew eleven six, tells us, Blessed is the one who does not take offense at God. God is not inviting us to turn away from him when he offends or annoys us. But he's inviting us to continue on in that journey of faith. You know, likewise, we forgive a friend when a friend says something that offends us or, you know, touches on a nerve of us. We forgive, we move on. And so, this is, this is the thing. We're seeing in this passage, there's a moving on with things. She, the Gentile woman has approached a Jewish rabbi to get healing for her daughter. And after this moment, we get, Jesus says, 
Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Dwell on that for a moment. It is persevering with faith. Even when things sit uncomfortably with us, it allows us not only to find healing, but a reshaping of our hearts. But this invites us into a richer and deeper relationship with God. You know, so me continuing on with things, you know, I felt that I needed to take both things in hand, try and continue with it as much as I didn't know how they fitted together. Go deeper into both things. And actually, you know, later in, uh, you know, praying it through Jesus, tying down, yeah, at the cross, praying it out. Um, yeah, found found from God. Yeah, got from, got the words from God. Um, you know, I've made made you just the way you are, and that's the words I got. That was the healing for me in that moment. Might not have been the healing I initially thought. But you know what? That is the healing I got. And I take this now, and here I am, you know, continuing on in this journey, going in deep in that stuff. And you know what? Still, there are times where, where, yeah, I have to pray and talk things out with God. But it's like that with any of us in any of our relationships in our lives. We've got to still talk that out with that person. You know, it's the same thing with, with God. It's the same thing with Jesus. So, this is the thing. We've got to first be uncomfortable. Second, even when we're uncomfortable, we've got to persist in that space. We've got to actually, you know, go into that bit where we are, you know, feeling that discomfort and continuing on. Even though we're discomfort, we're feeling angry, feeling annoyed, you know, whatever emotion it is. We're still processing that, but we're still moving forwards. And then finally, that is how we can actually enter enter into healing. That's how we can actually enter into wholeness. The thing is, Jesus invites us to seek. But seek does not mean firing for a quick Google search. It means to actively explore and to find him. And in these situations, you know, Jesus says this earlier in his Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 7, 7 to 8, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. This is actively inviting us into finding Jesus, even when it makes us uncomfortable. Even when it leads us into the unfamiliar. Even when it means we're stepping out into what is unknown, what feels like the pitch black. But you know what? It's in that times that we can trust Jesus and trust God and know that he is there. And yeah, that trust can be difficult, as we just touched on. But, you know, in conclusion, to wrap up these three points, you know, so what, what, what have we, we said in these three points? We said stepping out of our comfort zone. It's these moments that step us into a place of discomfort so we can actually grow. Number two is we need to not be afraid of times where God seems to disappoint our initial expectations. It's learning to process these emotions, whatever they may be, and moving on in that relationship and taking that so then we can get to three. And I'm not trying to reduce faith to a step-by-step guide, but... (laughs) 
it's in it, but we've got to find healing and transformation from these experiences. And to do that, we've got to persist. If we just toss it away as soon as we feel annoyed with God, when we're not going to have much of a relationship. And so the story of a Canaanite woman teaches us a lot about what it means to enter into this. He invites us into healing along the road. The road is hard, but we need to seek him throughout this journey and learn along the way. Learning deepens the way we know him. God will also, as a result, change gradually our lives forever. 